0: So most of the salvations, a lot of the freedom that we've seen from people being, having chains of sin broken has come through the testimony of God's people going, He did this in my life, He can do it in your life.
1: Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories,
0: and reports.
1: Well, I am uh, so excited. I'm Bill Elef and for our One Cry podcast, and we're kind of interrupting the normal things that we do, uh, Kyle Reno and I do, to uh, just give some reports on what's happening across the country. And I am really excited to have my buddy, Todd Connitz, uh, from New Beginnings Church in Longview, Texas, with us. Todd, welcome to the podcast. And uh,
0: it's great to be here. I appreciate the opportunity to share what God's doing.
1: Yeah, you're looking sharp on the podcast. I people who are just listening, can't see this, but you got your beautiful family on a picture hanging on the wall. And uh, Todd, uh, God has had a neat work going on there in, in Longview, Texas for a while. But I know you were telling me that something happened a couple of years ago that kind of changed everything. What? Tell us about that.
0: Yeah, it, it, you know, in a nutshell, you know, we've experienced a lot of great things happening at New Beginnings. And in the first 10, 12 years I was here, uh, I'm, I'm going on 13. And and I would say that the, the second half uh, of that 10-year run was uh, a lot of ministry done in the flesh, ministry done by self-effort, trying to, you know, earn man's approval. And, and we were still reaching people and church was growing. But when COVID hit and all the social unrest of 2020, 2021, um, man, I I was just depleted and empty and it really caught up with me that I'd been operating out of the flesh. So God took me through six months of darkness, um, where I had to wrestle and fight, um, you know, depression, my calling to ministry, whether I wanted to do this anymore. And finally the Lord got me to the place of, of, of a breaking moment where he just said, look, you've, you've been operating in your own own flesh and on power. And, um, and unless you return to me and you, and you bring the church back into pursuing intimacy with me as a priority and calling on my name and walking uh, in lockstep with the Spirit. Uh, I'm going to pull my hand off your ministry, and off your church. And I was looking at my church. We were, you know, the, the building was full, budgets were great, but the Holy Spirit was not present. Uh, uh. And, and there was a lack of evidence so, uh, of the Holy Spirit's presence. So the Lord took me to that breaking moment where He didn't tell me really what to do other than lead my people to pray. And that he was calling me to become a praying pastor and lead my congregation toward that direction. And and um, I mean, through that season, you know, Jan- January 4th is when God spoke. We started praying January 13th. And uh, I can say two years later, I'm not the same pastor, I'm not the same husband, and our church is not the same church, and there's no explanation other than we've sought the face of God these past two years.
1: You know, uh, Todd, your your testimony would be the testimony of Thousands, tens of thousands of pastors. Right? I mean, I, I I've been pastoring for over fifty years, and and traveled a lot in churches, and it's just incredible. We we get in this little system of just operating. You know, I I say I know how to I know how to pastor a church in the flesh. I mean, I I can you know roll over, play dead, sit up. I I know how to do all the normal things uh and look and it look we can look better a little bit than the guy down the street and i'm hearing from more and more guys that covid not only did it strip us of all the idols in our nation you know sports entertainment it kind of stripped our churches of all the things that we look to to make ourselves feel good about ourselves Mm -hmm. you know building and budgets and meeting and, and activities, that was kind of all gone. And you, and every pastor kind of got down to the, to the uh, bare minimum and had to decide, okay, how does this thing, how do they do this in Iran? And how do they do this in, you know, in China, the persecuted church and you have to go back to acts, don't you? I mean, you, you go back to acts one and that they all devoted themselves to prayer. And it's fascinating, Todd, how many pastors during that same season you're talking about came back to prayer, to prayer as a, as a foundation. So how, how, how just explain to me, and then I want to get to what has happened recently, but explain to me what adjustments you began to make in your church when this became a reality, to you when you became convicted about it and repented about it personally, and then came to the church and but uh, practically, how did you how did you start moving prayer to the foundation instead of a side room?
0: Yeah, and I love that question because, you know, I i get asked that question a lot from pastors of how how do you do prayer? And and I like man before I can tell you how we do prayer meetings, I got to tell you where I was to get there. You know what I mean? And so what I did. Um, was I just confessed to the church. I mean, I remember Sunday morning just weeping and, and uh, that evening even talking to a group of leaders of just confessing that I failed you as a pastor. I've not been a spiritual leader. I'm not a man of prayer. I've been a fraud. Uh, I've allowed sin in my life. Um, and if if I'm gonna continue to pastor and lead this church, I'm gonna become a man of prayer and I'm gonna lead our church to become a church of prayer. And I told them I didn't know what that was gonna look like, but I would I would ask them if they would, they would trust and follow a broken man. The best of my ability, I'm going to lead them that direction. I think the vulnerability of that moment resonated with a lot of our people. And it's not as if the whole crowd of, you know, all of our people decided to join the journey, but a a lot of our leaders did. And so we just said basically Wednesday night, you know, that's a lot of churches that's sacred Bible studies and all of that. We just said, we're killing everything we're doing in adult ministry and we're going to go in the worship center. I'm not going to preach. Uh, We're not going to have the big band and all of that. We're going to, you know, sing some songs of worship. We're going to get our face before the Lord and we're going to we're going to find him and stay in his presence and ask what he has for us. And we started that, you know, January 13th. Uh, I remember it was, we, I was scared to death because I'd never led a prayer meeting like that, where uh-huh. you just hope the Lord was going to show up. And so that was really the catalyst. It was confession. And then, then Bill, it was an ongoing, the Lord was still doing a lot of work. I had a lot of reconciliation. I'd burn a lot of bridges in our church. There was a lot of people I had to reconcile relationships with um and but as we stayed seeking the lord the lord was faithful to show me the areas where i needed to repent and continue to be vulnerable in front of the church and 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 honestly to to the by the grace of god it's been two years and we're still not leaving that posture
1: you know you know todd that was that day hard when you confessed that before the church
0: <laughs> getting to that it was a hard moment um but, right. but as, as the Lord began to move, it was the most freeing day of my life.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, pr- I, we've always said pride. Uh, humility is admitting your sin and acknowledging your need. I mean, it's mm. just who you really are and who you're not and not hiding, covering all of that. And and the thing about it is God uh, gives pours out grace on the humble, does But he resists mm. the proud. And and we've gone, I I imagine when you because I've been in similar moments when I have had to stand up before the church and get honest uh, that it resonates with people because they they're right there, too. And they've been posturing and putting on a facade and everybody's fine when we come to church, you know, so it breaks through. I mean, a pastor this Sunday, for instance, who would get up and just be honest with his people, God could really use that to Mm -hmm. break
0: well I, I was I was in front of a group of uh, pastors yesterday talking about this um and th- the statement that I made to them was man broken people will follow a broken man
1: yeah
0: and if we want vulnerability, which is what prayer requires vulnerability honesty um humility, if we can posture ourselves and we can sur- surrender our egos and pride and and get humble, you create space where people feel like it's safe for them to follow that um you know, I, I say this regularly in our church that uh, freedom is on the other side of humility and it's not our sins that keep us in chains, it's pride. Um, and Which is why everything in our hearts fight prayer. We don't want to do that because we got to let go of our pride. We got to step into humility and that's where we find God.
1: Yeah, and it's it is a humbling thing even to make room for God like you did on that first Wednesday in the sense that God, if you don't show up, I mean, we're done, we're sunk. and you look you look bad, you know, and we all want to look good, you know. So. So uh, there's a step of personal repentance, it sounds like that happened with you and it's happening with many other guys. And uh, but then there's a step of corporate. We're going to we're going to humble ourselves before the Lord and mm-hmm. and then turn our attention off our programming, our best ability, and just turn it to the Lord. I mean, That's just right. go after the Lord. So fast forward a little bit. Uh, God, let, let me just ask this. Since that day, over mm-hmm. the last two years, and then we'll get to what happened in the last three weeks or so, Can you? could you begin to see a noticeable change? Could you begin to see a rising tide of uh, spiritual hunger. I mean, what what was happening?
0: Yeah, it was slow at first. You know, we had people, you know, come out, um, come and go because they wanted to kind of see what this thing Pastor was talking about uh, is. And so, but yes, we started slowly seeing it. We went through a 21-day fasting. And, uh, and and a few weeks after that, we, we saw kind of this first big hurdle. Uh, God, God opened up the floodgates. We saw a lot of people saved and baptized. I wouldn't call it revival, but there was the mist of revival that happened. And it was over We that first year we baptized. I think it was we saw uh, 500 people saved in that first year wow. and, and and baptized hundreds. And, but it was the mist of revival. God began to break through. I'll tell you, year two was more of a struggle because, there, you know, God moves in waves at times. Wow. And um, but at the same time, uh, we just stayed. We pressed in. We knew I, I t- told somebody the other day. Is we went through dry spells in the last two years. This time in the dry spells, we knew where to find water, yeah. and Good. and um, and so we you know stayed into that. But The Lord really, honestly, coming out of uh, Christmas time this year, really uh, has rejuvenated our our church's hunger for the presence of the Lord. Mine our staff, which I think primed the pump for what we're walking in now.
1: Yeah, and you know, Todd. Uh... The uh, I read a great quote by Arby Jones who's in the Welsh revival, and he said, "Revival and spiritual awakening is never of sudden origin." Mm. He, he said, "If you study it, there's always this rising tide of, of of desperation and beginning to seek the Lord, repent of our sins, and and uh, and then there's a mission point, you know." Yep. But but it's been happening. This 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 ground has been being tilled up yep. around the nation for the last five to seven years, I think, and we're seeing all the signs that we're getting close. And then and then a few weeks ago, Asbury. I mean, February eighth, Asbury just was mm-hmm. like a match on gasoline. And of course, because of social media and really just the Lord's hand, uh, that thing exploded you know there have been one billion posts on tiktok alone about the one billion with a b and uh the collegiate day of prayer and a it had never happened like this just in a phenomenal way went to millions of people on on every continent it just you know it was amazing and it was just like god saying i'm gonna i'm gonna make myself known Mm. And, uh, and and he's sending another one of these waves that we've seen, seen every 30 to 60 years in American history. So how did that, how did the tide roll in at Longview and uh, at your church?
0: So when we come into January with a renewed focus on prayer, more people attending prayer meetings, so I already sensed God was stirring. But then when, when I started reading about Um, what was happening at Asbury. People sending me messages about it. And uh, then I read your article, actually. um, I think you went on that Friday and Saturday, maybe. Um, That Sunday morning, I shared your article with our church and um, said, I just felt a burden. And that's, look, the wind of revival is blowing. We've been praying for this. So whether God sends it to us or just sends it around us, we need to pray for it. But also, we want to ask God to blow it our way. So we called our people forward. We got on our knees. We 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 prayed. Called on the name. Interrupted the service, and then um, uh, called the church to fast and pray on Wednesday. Our normal prayer gathering on Wednesday nights. I we said, "Look, let's fast. Let's pray. Let's come." And there was just a different. You know, we walked in the room that night. There was a different feel of the room. Like you could just tell God was stirring. And and, and Bill, I, I, you know, I didn't hear God audibly, but I'll tell you. There was such a heaviness in my heart that day. God was already working in our staff life during our prayer meeting. Uh, Two songs in the prayer meeting, I got on my knees and I just began to cry for to the Lord saying, God, you don't need me. You don't need my voice. You don't need my uh, prompting. You don't need me to say anything. You talk to your people. And it's almost like the Holy Spirit said, then let me have the service. Mm, Wow. And So I got up and I just confessed within, you know, 15 minutes of prayer meeting started. Holy Spirit said, "He's speaking. He's moving. He he doesn't need me. Doesn't need my prompting. If we'll obey, he'll move." And right. I walked off stage, and I got back on my knees. And when I looked up, it was just people moving, weeping, confessing sin. We called out prayer partners for people beginning to come and 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 be saved and baptized and spontaneously. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just we ended up in prayer meeting normally lasts an hour and a half. We we didn't get out of there for over two hours. Wow. Um, and and anyway, God was moving in such a powerful way. We came back the next night, not because we planned to, we felt like compelled to. And the, the services last almost three hours and it was the same out point. Um, mm-hmm. More people saved and baptized, more people confessing sin, public confession of sin, sin that had been buried for 50 years being brought to light. Um, and, and, and then so we came back Friday night and this time, I mean, the crowds every night are growing. Um. Uh, and so we then we we same thing happened, came back Saturday night, same move of God. And then Sunday morning, um, we we felt like the Lord just said, lead Sunday morning like you would lead a prayer meeting. And so I just kind of gave what I would normally give. Here's what God's been doing.
1: We're you have multiple pray. services on Sunday morning.
0: We have three services, 8, 9, 30 and 11. And uh, it turned into one service. <laughs> so we basically just um, we said, yeah, when we started the service, here's what God's been doing. We're going to turn the service over to the Holy Spirit. I didn't preach, um, and we didn't get out of service until 1 p.m. We baptized our last person at 1 p.m. Now, people came and went. We never right. had a break in the services, and it just was an outpouring of God's presence. Uh, some moments, greater outpouring than others. You know, sometimes the waves of of God's movement comes in. Mm. Uh And then we gathered again on Monday night. We saw God pour himself out again. It was different intensity, different outpouring, but but, but same movement of the spirit in in some degree. And then we took a Sabbath on Tuesday. We gathered again, largest prayer gathering. We had it on both of our campuses, largest prayer gathering in the history of our church. God did it again. We saw another outpouring, uh, baptized, I think nine spontaneous that day. And so all together, uh, and then this Sunday, we saw the same movement again. Altogether, Bill, we've seen 84 people baptized, 45, 46 people that we know of saved. Um, it's just been incredible.
1: Um, so some of those are big people who are are coming to Christ in those services or outside the service. Some of them are people who uh, their baptism maybe was on the wrong side of their right. conversion, and they, and they hadn't been obedient, and so they they were prompted to come. So, uh, <laughs> this is just, I, I love this because as you know, Todd, we experienced this at our church several years ago and, in just a movement on one Sunday that lasted for five weeks mm. and every night, three and four hours a night. And, uh, and the Holy spirit just let it, you know, yep. I, I love, I love what you said about that first Wednesday night that the Lord told you, you don't have to lead this. Mm -hmm. And and I I think this is what I I watched at Asbury. I was there about five days out of the 15, 16 days at two different times. And I watched those guys that were leading that over on the side, uh, the campus pastor and some others. They would pray. They were just praying. Students were leading worship. And the way they were chosen was was pretty uncanny, um, but then those those leaders would be praying, and they'd step up the microphone, and say, "We just sense we need to open the microphone for testimonies," and the altars full the whole time. and yep. I, mean, I never saw a moment where the altar wasn't full of people, and they had a prayer team praying over them, but uh, they would they would let the Holy Spirit lead. Yep. And I I I I ran into the campus pastor uh the last day I was there. And I just I wanted to talk to him. And I said, man, not only has God used you so beautifully because you've let the spirit of God lead, but but he's in control. It, it right. wasn't wild, chaotic. And uh and I said, you know, not only has have you opened the door for him to lead here in Hughes Auditorium. But also a whole, you know, I don't know how many tens of thousands of people are watching and you're you're helping to train them about how to do this. He said something so interesting to me, Todd. He said, you know, it took me several years living in this community here at Asbury before I learned how to do that. Wow. Wow. and, And just like your testimony and mine, we. We spend so much. I mean, the natural broad road is just lead out of your flesh, man. Don't yeah. don't trust the Holy Spirit. Don't open it up. Don't take a risk, and and we get us, not God.
0: Well, and I'll tell you, one of the things that's been humbling for me, but also, man, so freeing. Uh, I, I've described it like this: I didn't preach until last Sunday. I mean, we we were we met for almost wow. two straight weeks. I didn't preach. Um, and what and you what, love
1: Lord, preaching, I'm sure, you know, you love preaching and believe in it.
0: Absolutely. And but what I've learned through this is when the Lord said, I don't need your promptings, I'm speaking to my people. But here's what's been the most powerful moment is God has spoken to our people through our people. Right. That when we've let the Holy Spirit, we always tell our people, listen to the spirit, follow the spirit. But when you give space, he actually does talk to them and yeah. he has something to say to his body through his body. So most yeah. of the salvations, a lot of the freedom that we've seen from people being having chains of sin broken has come through the testimony of God's people going, hey, did this in my life? He can do it in your life. Right. You know, almost every salvation baptism in these past have come out of the, the wake of somebody telling their story. Yeah. And yeah. so for me, it's like I'm getting to watch God work through our people, and then they're getting the opportunity to know what it's like to listen to the Holy Spirit, step out in faith and be obedient. And to see God use them,
1: yeah, so powerful. It's just a practical thing for pastors that are listening. so did you just have an open mic or did you did you you guys kind of shepherd that mic a little bit stand stand by that and and help people along or yeah. speak off of that? How did you do that so, practically?
0: yeah, what we did the first couple of nights we were we were elder led church, and so we had our elders available. and so for those who wanted to share, and they felt like they had a word for the church or a testimony or confession, they basically would go and share that with the elders. Um, and then they would pray over them and discern with them if that was for the congregation. Uh, we did that for the first couple of nights because of the volume. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 then through the ebb and flow of service, we were just listening. Like they would come and share, hey, we have a testimony about a, you know, a sexual addiction that's been broken. And then I would just kind of listen and try to wait for that moment if there's a song or if there's a certain... Uh, wave of testimonies that were coming that were very similar and then we would just basically give that over i would hold a microphone ask them to be brief ask them to be be specific but also be respectful to the audience that's there we might have young and uh, young younger students there and and then we would you know if there were some of those the testimonies that we felt like were this is for people in the room we would then stop the testimonies and open the altar back up for people yeah. who wanted to come and deal with that sin um, this past Sunday was a little different. We just wandered the room and a lot, a lot of people do spontaneous testimony, but it was still under the, you know, I held the microphone or one of our elders had the microphone. We gave the parameters and we didn't have any, any crazy outlandish yeah. things. It in fact, it was so, um, spirit led that it almost like every testimony led us to want to pray for something else. Yeah.
1: You know, I, I've noticed in Moments like that, you know, sometimes you'll have somebody will come up and tell uh, about how the Lord has freed them from bitterness. And then three minutes later, another one about Mm -hmm. unforgiveness and another one. And often I, you know, when I've been in moments like that, I just stop and say, hey, folks, uh, this has been repeated three times. This there's that's not uh, by accident. God is speaking to us. Yes, yeah. so that's just how many of you have that same problem, stand up or come mm-hmm. to the altar and it just opens a whole new floodgate because we're not spectators in this, are we? I mean, we we want all of us, including me and you, to be participants That's right. Uh, the Holy Spirit.
0: Well, and that was one of the most powerful moments this past Sunday was that um, there was a number of testimonies of God has given me freedom over bitterness. And there was one lady that stood and she was just in tears and she said, I want to forgive and walk in the freedom of forgiveness and have no bitterness. And I've surrendered that publicly testified. I I'm not there yet, but I so want God to do this. Well, I stopped and I said, all right, so how many of you in the the room would say, that's where you are? 150 people stood up. Well, she starts to weep. And I just said, you're not alone. And then everyone gathered around people that were in the room, began to call the name of the Lord. And you could just see tears flowing all over the room of, yeah. of those that stood and I could not have prompted or planned that. No. That's what the Holy Spirit knew the need a lot better than I did and given him space he brought us to that place.
1: Not only did you see tears falling you heaven heard chains falling. Man, that's so good. And and because that's you know the body it's it's interesting I think we're learning a little something here, you know, First Corinthians talks about when we come together, one has a psalm, one has a song, one, one, you know. So there, there's something about uh, giving the body at specific times when the Spirit leads. I mean, I believe you do too. I believe in preaching the whole counsel of God. I, I believe people need a diet of of the Word. Um, but there are moments when the Lord says, man, just, just let the Holy Spirit speak through his body. And we shepherd. That doesn't mean that we're not shepherds. We That's still right. have that moment. It doesn't uh, a time of revival doesn't mean that suddenly I'm not having been called uh, to shepherd the body, and our elders right. to shepherd the body, but we do it in a little different way. Well, oh, man, this is so helpful, Todd. And uh, if you could just say one thing in a in a sentence or two to our listeners today about this season and what's happening and and just challenge them just just give us a brief word and then would you pray for us absolutely
0: well, my my encouragement would first of all be to any church leaders or pastors that are out there um, what i discovered in my own heart is when i came to the end of my um, desire for earthly applause or you know the praise of man and, and god showed me that um if I want to have a life of significance, it's got to be a life that's in step with the spirit. And that without that, I'm, I'm empty. You can come to that place of brokenness and get honest and humble before the Lord. Um, what I've discovered is there's freedom in ministry I never knew. I can't unsee what I've seen and I can't go back to where I was. Um, and I would encourage those, those pastors to lean into that. And then the church, anybody a part of the church uh, family, um when you call on the name of the Lord, He answers. I mean, it, it's it is it is where the battle is fought. It's not preparation for the ministry or for the battle. It is the battle, and um, and so if your church is in that in that season, step into that and 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 watch and see what the Lord does.
1: Beautiful. But let
0: we'll me pray, pray over Yeah, Father, I love you and I thank you, Lord, for just what you're doing all over our nation. God, thank you that what we're seeing is not a momentary thing that's happening, Lord, this has been built upon um, decades of prayer, of faithful men and women who have called on the name of the Lord. It might be that, Lord, many of them have already stepped into glory, and they're watching from a different vantage point. God, I thank you for that we've been able to enter into their labor, and Father, to be a part of some of the harvest that you're bringing. Lord, help us to stay humble. Help us to stay broken. Help us to stay dependent upon you, Lord. We know that it is the poor in spirit that see the kingdom of God. So let us uh, stay broken before you and see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, help us to become praying people. God, strengthen every listener that's out there. Help them get a hunger and desire uh, to press into you more deeply. And God, we give you the glory and praise for what you are doing and what you're going to do. God, we do plead that you will continue to outpour your spirit, bring revival, that would lead to a spiritual awakening like never
1: before in our nation. We ask this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Todd, I'm I'm just so grateful you gave us some time today. And, uh, you know, I, I want to say one other thing to pastors, particularly who are listening. I, I was reading this week about the Welsh Revival, and many know the story of Evan Roberts, a college student who felt impressed to go back to his Home Church in Longor, Wales, and the pastor wouldn't let him speak, and said, "I'll just call an after meeting. Well, sixteen people stayed after mm. and the Lord really showed up, and so he said, Well, we'll let you speak tomorrow. The next night, I had never read this before. The next night was very cold mm. and uh and and Evan Roberts' mom left discouraged and uh and but they kept praying. Mm. Seeking the Lord, and then in the in the subsequent days, it just exploded. And and of course, you know, in nine months, really six months, a hundred thousand people were saved in a mm. in a in a country smaller than New Jersey. Wow! And so and then it went around the world. So what I say about that is, I know a lot of pastors right now are are just your heart is encouraged, you're wanting to see God move in your church, and you may see a little flurry, and then the next Sunday see nothing, <laughs> you know, just stay after it. I mean, pursuing the Lord and letting Him lead is what we should be doing all the time, right? <laughs> anyway, and then let Him bring the results. You don't have to manipulate anything, make anything happen, follow some prescribed way that some other guy guys done it, but I, I say to pastors lately, just make room for God. I mean, just give him space and follow the promptings of his spirit and don't be afraid. And uh, and the Lord will do what he wants to do in your church. And so, Todd, thank you. This has been so helpful today. And uh, thanks for listening for all of you One Cry folks. And uh, if we're going to be, as much as we can, starting to uh, get testimonies of what's happening around the country. So if you don't want to miss one of these, Just subscribe to our podcast so they'll come to you on a regular basis. You can do that at OneCry.com. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening.